Welcome to the Western Herald Sports Podcast. We are coming at you from the James P. Hickey Audio Lab on Western Michigan University's campus. I am Brennan Buffa. I am the assistant sports editor of the Western Herald, and I'm here with Jared Orlando, and he does not look fully above the weather today. I'm sick again. Again? Dude, this Emergency, is like... you let me down. We're dropping you from our um, sponsorship. <laughs> they never reached out to oh us. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> The semester just needs to be over. It's coming close. You're close to graduation, so you're right around the corner. You're seeing the sunlight around the uh, This weekend should be the, the, uh, the, the churn in health because the weather is supposed to be beautiful. I'm sick of this. 30s with snow, then 50s, and then 30s 20s. with snow. And then, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Drop completely below. But, yeah, we're supposed to break 70 this weekend, which is going to kind of be nice. Yeah, WMU spring game. Yeah, on Saturday, this this podcast should be out by that time, but we have Western Michigan's first active spring game on Saturday at 11 a.m. at Waldo Stadium. Excited. I'll be there. You'll be there. You should all be there. Absolutely. This is something you're not going to want to miss out on. you got an important year coming up for Western football, but we have an even more important podcast coming up for you. We're talking a little bit about Lions preseason. Uh, we're going to talk about the NCAA banning the satellite camps, a little bit about Josh Gordon and the weed. Jarrett, the weed. the weed, Stephen A. Smith, had to give myself a Stephen A. Smith impersonation. We're talking a little bit about the Detroit Red Wings in the end, as well as history being made in the NBA uh, today with uh, retirement of Kobe and Golden State Warriors going for the 73rd win to break the record. But let's start off with Lions preseason. They got released earlier this week. It looks like we're going up at Pittsburgh, bringing Cincinnati back home. Then we're going to travel to Baltimore, and then we're going to be playing Buffalo at home to close it all up. Yeah, you would think it was the AFC North tour yeah those first three games and then unfortunately we don't have the great cleveland browns on there unfortunately (laughs) but yeah i don't it's preseason i'm excited i just need football back in my life that's why i'm so excited for saturday yeah i think we do this every year we even did this last year right when we began to kind of know each other we were just itching for football to come back and it was right before we started the this podcast actually and you know preseason is what we focused on and that's when we were starting to do the fantasy football drafts and things like that like do we really care about preseason N- not really no but i mean i can still brag that the season we went 0 16 that we were 4 and 0 preseason champs so i wear that like a badge of honor undefeated yet defeated <laughs> <laughs> what we were talking about though what does intrigue me is they haven't released the schedule yet but they released the teams were playing yeah and this looks pretty favorable for the lines if they can't get it done like you said this season, I don't know. They they can't skip a step. And, you know, we're, we're trusting with a whole new front office. We're trusting with a new look on the offense. An incredibly favorable schedule. Yeah. It's unreal. Home opponents, Philadelphia, Washington, Jacksonville, Tennessee, St. Louis. Los Angeles. Oh, this is before. Yeah, Los Angeles. Say that. Yeah. And then on the road, Dallas, New York Giants, Houston, Indianapolis, New Orleans. Now, again, correct me if I'm wrong, throughout the whole season, the only there's three playoff teams that were playing from the, the former postseason, and that would be Green Bay, Minnesota Vikings. Oh, four. And Washington. Houston Texans and Washington. I forgot yeah, Washington yeah. was that wild card. They got, yeah. So we're getting four <laughs> playoff teams. I wouldn't even consider Houston and Washington uh, a huge threat, even though they were postseason teams, because Houston kind of eked in there, and Washington, uh, my God, squeaked in there. I will be interested, though, in Indianapolis and Houston – I think they're going to be a lot better this year. And Jacksonville. Those are going to be I think gonna be tough games. We are planning, the, the Bufa family planned a, uh, a, a trip to Lucas Oil Stadium. So we'll be at that Indianapolis Colts oh, game. Oh, you will week. be? <laughs> I've never been there. Lucas never Oil. been to Lucas Oil? No. I'm excited. I want to go hang out in Indianapolis a little bit. My brother is a, is a huge Andrew Luck fan. And uh, he's almost debating about wearing blue and white rather than Honolulu blue and silver. <laughs> I which wouldn't. is 
Find your own ride then. <laughs> You're not staying at the Hilton with no. us. <laughs> so with that being said, a lot going on in Lions. Um, I mean, otherwise, free agency has been it's done. Yeah. I'd consider it done. We're shifting to the draft phase now, and there's been a lot of talk about mock drafts, but I feel like this year the draft has been kind of low-key. Yeah. I don't feel like I've known a lot about it. I think this draft class is kind of weak. That's why. Also. And there's no quarterbacks headlining it. People just don't really care. Like last year it was Jameis and Marcus Mariota. This year it's, was it Went? Carson Wentz, Carson and Wentz. Jared Goff. Yeah. Who? Exactly. It's not, it's not huge. No. Um, so we're going to see what happens. I will probably do a draft podcast. But like I said, I don't know anything about him. I really don't. I've, I've seen the visits, people coming in, but it's just, who are these? Who are it's these shocking guys? me at how it changed. Cause when the first draft, you know, the, the mock draft came out, it was pretty solid as to who's picking who. Now all these teams are, are signing the free agents and everything has changed. You've seen players like, uh, Joey Bosa from Ohio state. He was supposed to be the number one overall pick dropped. So now nobody knows who's going to take him. Yeah, we'll see. But moving on, uh, and a segue into college football a little bit, satellite camps of the NCAA have been banned. I'm going to turn this one over to Jarrett. He has a little bit more of a grasp on what's going on with the satellite camps. I'll chime in, but I'll let Jarrett kick it off. All right, basically to summarize this, the NCAA came out last Friday and said no more satellite camps. And the NCAA did have a rule in place that said schools couldn't run camps that were 50 miles outside of the campus. Well, college coaches, being the innovative people they are, found a loophole, found they could go to these off-campus sites more than 50 miles away, like Ann Arbor to Florida, as long as they weren't the ones hosting it. So all these coaches, and this is mainly in the northeast part of America, Michigan, that type of that area, Ohio, Indiana, over to Pennsylvania, because it's hard for these parts. They're not as heavily populated with recruits. So these satellite camps were a way for all these kids to come to one spot, be, have their talent exposed to college coaching. And the SEC, after Harbaugh, what he did over um, spring break in Florida, the SEC had a problem with that. Clearly. And I think it's bogus. It, it's a joke. It's the, NCAA, it's, that, it's the SEC getting their way again. And I understand it was a loophole that they discovered, um, like the Big Ten schools most like, mostly. But give a reason why the, these camps aren't allowed. And if, that's, if they found this loophole, then go reexamine your rule about the 50-mile radius and change it because I, I see no rationale behind taking these away at all. Mm-hmm. You're not helping kids. You're only hurting them. And in turn, the NCAA is hurting themselves because college kids aren't going to get exposed. The coaches aren't going to be able to find them, which means the talent pool in the NCAA is going to dip. I just don't see any any positive things coming out of this. This is just reinforcing the fact that the Power Five conferences such as the SEC are going to be powerhouses, and they will remain powerhouses because those Southern football players are just going to go to SEC football teams. And there's, there's only so many schools down there that these kids can go to. So there's probably more talent that hasn't been uncovered yet, but they have a kid can't afford to drive all the way up to Michigan mm-hmm. for a camp from Alabama or Florida. I think I get a kick out of it the most. Nick Saban was actually quoted by AL.com um, talking about satellite camps. He, just, he doesn't believe they should be around because all these cities will be overpopulated by satellite camps. He says, it sounds like a pretty ridiculous circumstance for me for something that nobody can really determine if it has any value anyway. How, and that, that, that's my biggest 
my biggest thing with Nick Saban is you don't know the value of this because you've had that value. Once you have something and it keeps producing for you, you forget the value of that until it's taken away from you, which it almost was. He doesn't even have to recruit. Every single five-star athlete in the nation has Alabama listed as one of their top schools. They all want to go there. Mm-hmm. And I, it's, it bothers me that he can, he can say something like that. Um, I was talking about the sound, sound Mind, Sound Body Camp. It's out of Detroit. started in 2004, I think. They've grown. It was a way for Detroit kids to get exposure. And it started, it's based in Detroit. And since then, they've moved all, they have six camps now across America. And five guys from WMU's 2016 recruiting class attended the Sound Mind, Sound Body Camp. It's a way for these kids to get exposure. I, 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 I'm, I'm speechless. Like, I'm so angry about this situation. I, just, I don't see any, any rationale behind it at all. Do you think there's going to be a revamping of this rule or another look at it? I, I mean, when it came to the vote, I think that these power, the way the vote works is these Power 5 schools, SEC, ACC, Pac-12, Big 12, Big 10, all get two votes. And then the smaller conferences, uh, Sun Belt, Mountain West, Mid-American Conference USA, and American Conference all get one vote. So the vote came out to where every Power 5 school other than the Big Ten voted against satellite camps. So right there, the vote, it's, it's, it's shot. So you're not going to get satellite camps. Convincing these other Power 5 conferences to change their ideals would be big, but I don't think the NCAA is down for that because they like the powerhouse of the SEC, and they're just going to deal with that. I don't think they want to change this. Why is the, uh, the NCAA tournament the most popular championship tournament in the, in the world? For college athletics, yeah. Why why is that so popular? Oh, I I, because it it creates there's so much money in it. Period. No, it creates equality in 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 the sport. Once you get in that field, anyone could win. Yeah, yeah, but I I think that's less. I think that's more for basketball than football. We're talking. I I, I when it comes to football, I don't think that's as fair as you think it is. They're hurting the talent pool. Like there's, it's gonna the power's gonna stay in the SEC if these satellite camps aren't allowed to be run because how are you going to find talent see but i think the thing is with the the equality that is march madness how anything can happen how middle tennessee can upset msu how that can happen i think developing these satellite camps would create more of that idea when it comes to the ncaa national championship in football that's what i'm saying it's good for yeah just yeah it's good for the sport so then why would they want to stop it that's what i'm saying they have no reason to that's the it just doesn't make sense your most popular turn the ncaa tournament is their most popular sport and it the most equal playing field, in my opinion, in college sports. Any team can beat any other team on any given like any given day. Football is different, so you need to have talent. You need to be able to find this talent and bring it in. And if they can't go down, dip into the to Florida to the IMG boarding school. It's in Florida. It's, has like ten of the top one hundred recruits in the nation. Harbaugh was down there, and he got a couple guys for this last class. If he has no way to get down there and show what the program's all about. They're not gonna. They're not gonna come to Michigan. Yeah, they have no way of knowing. They won't know. No. So the NCAA is kind of capping that a little bit. Unfavorable for Big Ten schools. Unfavorable for MSU, U of M, whatever it may be. Ohio State. All yeah. these. All these big schools. See, up here. I, I think Ohio State is almost exempt from that rule. Ohio State's almost. They they're almost in the same league with Alabama. I feel. Because people want to go there. Top fives want to go there because they're seeing what they're yielding and seeing what Urban Meyer's creating. And and that's what kind of overshadows U of M and MSU. But but Dan Tony, he's been finding Michigan kids because of this camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, Curtis Blackwell, his recruiting coordinator, is 
one of the most the biggest supporters of the camp. And if they take it, I just it doesn't make any sense to me at all. You're you're depriving kids of an opportunity to to display their talent. Like I was talking about Anthony Zetto, my, one of my best friends from up north. He had the ability to go to camps on weekends from our small town up in West Branch, Michigan, nor- northern Michigan. If he didn't have that opportunity, you could hear about the kid, but you don't get to see him go against other top talent mm-hmm. and get the exposure. You need a way to do that. And these camps, which is what, two hours from West Branch, that, that this, is, like, this is their their time. I don't know. I could go on and on. It just it doesn't make sense to me. So this is a pretty big topic going on right now in the NCAA. We'll probably hear more about this as weeks go on. This is more of a developing story right now. So we'll, like we said, we'll we'll, we'll end up talking about it more and more as the. There's petitions out there too. Yeah. See, I don't think that's going to do anything, but I think it shows. No, I agree, but I think it shows want. the. Uh, yeah. It shows what people want. So moving on a little bit, we said we were going to talk about Josh Gordon. Big big news with Josh Gordon, Cleveland Browns wide receiver. He just he missed the 2015 season. And that was for a good reason, because he failed a drug test after multiple failed drug tests, DUIs, all this controversy. They gave him one more shot to be reinstated in the NFL, and he tested positive. It was a diluted sample, which means he's been slamming some high-quality H2O. But it did test positive for marijuana. He was under the 35 nanogram threshold. Um, Stephen A. Smith was not very happy about it. Gave his same old spiel, stay off the weed. What do you think about that, Jarrett? First, I want to say happy birthday, Josh Gordon. (laughs) turned 25 today <laughs> how um, fitting yeah make sure to blow out the candles and not something else you don't celebrate with that. <laughs> but i'm just so annoyed annoyed with it's like a weekly a weekly occurrence with athletes in the nfl failing drug tests and then you get these prominent elite talent martavis bryant and well first of all start with uh blackman and then um martavis bryant and now josh gordon again <laughs> i it blows my mind Millions of dollars on the table, and you can't stop smoking marijuana. Like, I understand maybe if you messed up a couple times, they give you all these opportunities, but if you – he's in level three of the, the drug program. And they're giving him another shot. Yeah. Don't forget that. They're giving him a 60- to 90-day period. Lay off the weed. Like, it's not hard unless you have a problem. If you have a problem, get help. This is a, it, just, it blows my mind how you can be the top of your – top athlete in the world and suspended – and your whole career is going up in flames in front of you as the marijuana is burning in front of your eyes. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to me. Even better as we go along this, another Cleveland Browns athlete that has been the center of controversy, Johnny Manziel. Ex-Cleveland Browns. Ex-Cleveland Browns. Sorry about that. So sad. Josh Gordon's still part of the team. Yeah, but and they're, they're reportedly living together now. I heard he said that wasn't the case. Who said that? Josh Gordon came out and said that. Josh Gordon. Oh, I haven't seen that reported anywhere yet because I, I know Von Miller, Johnny Manziel was on Live with My Boy Von Miller and that, that TMZ interview. Yeah, he Von was Miller heavily said, intoxicated. Oh, just jackhammered drunk. Absolutely obliterated. And what's, what made me concerned about that video is it looked like he was stepping out of the driver's seat of a car. He had the keys in his hand and everything like that and came over and takes that camera from that TMZ. Dude, what what can you do? Just stay out of the limelight. Stop going to the club. I'm not partying. I'm just having a good time. I've been on the Sunset Boulevard for you six days party, straight. You can just don't get out of control. You're out of control. And so is Josh. I, see, you, back to Josh Gordon. You mentioned the letter he wrote last year. He wrote an open letter call an open letter to Charles Barkley and company with a subtitle reading, yes, I have a problem, but it's not the one all of you seem to think it is. So what's, what is the problem then? Yeah, true. And what I was saying earlier, the hardest part about if you have a problem, the hardest part of getting help is admitting, first admitting you have a problem. So if you have a problem, what's your problem? Just 
come out and say it. And then what made me even more angry, he tweeted out, call me if you need a real story worth, yeah, a little sad worth writing. <laughs> Dude, he is – there. Uh, we know what's going on, and he's trying to, like – He's trying to like fake out the media, like the media's got this wrong, and now his lawyer's suing the NFL for a confidentiality breach. What, dude? We know what's going on. You can't lay off the weed. Just bar or alcohol from the NFL. or codeine. Just bar off the. Well, the codeine was something separate. The codeine was an actual medication he was. Was taking. it though? Yeah, it absolutely was. It was a medication for that he sure. was taking. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Is it positive? Absolutely. Was, he was, and he didn't clear it through the NFL. Remember when we were looking through the, the substance abuse policy, and there's that form you got to fill out. No, I agree. But if you yeah. have. If you have a prescribed drug with codeine on it, doesn't mean you're still not taking codeine other places. That's true, but at the same time, it is an addictive drug. It's an addictive drug, but he was using it. And for so is alcohol, purposes. and so is marijuana. Yeah. And if you have this this history, there's, I I'm I don't assume I shouldn't assume, people shouldn't assume, but when you have this this track record, what do you want people to, to say? And another thing, pointing back to his letter, it looks like he just keeps making excuses for everything he does. Instead of, like, manning up and saying, yeah, I was wrong, I messed up, here's what I'm going to do to fix this problem, it seems like he just keeps saying, yeah, I have a problem, but this is why I did what I did. Like, explaining himself. Yeah. Own up to it and, and change. You've, you haven't changed at all up to now. I think this is going to be a big story in the NFL, and I'll lay it down right on the line. I will be shocked if you see Josh Gordon catching another ball for the Cleveland Browns this year. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm Unless, shocked the NFL hasn't already came down and said, dude, just forget it. Go to the CFL. Go play somewhere else or quit football entirely because this is just not your sport. You're obviously more dedicated to the green. Sorry. There's two there, Yeah, there's two types of green, marijuana and money, and he, he's more addicted. He's more about, to, yeah, he's yeah, more he's about, more about, about the, the plant. The plant the flower, green, yeah. Whatever you want to call it. But at the same time, this is and this is a whole separate argument with the NFL. This is the NFL setting an awful precedence that, that they'll give you chance after chance after chance after chance nine times over – and they're still not going to bar you, and they're still not going to ban you, and they're still going to keep you on the team, and they're still going to pay you. This is this is where the NFL needs to step up. This is where Roger Goodell needs to stop focusing on deflated footballs and start focusing on why do all my players have drug problems? Because he hasn't said anything about it. They made the drug policy more lenient, and I think they should make it more strict. Like, you fail one test, you're out for half the season, and that gives them a, a time to, to clean up. Can you imagine how depleted the NFL would be, though? It would It would completely obliterate teams. And then there's going to – these guys are – I think you don't know what you got till it's gone. Right. So if you just suspend them after two, like, oh. Like maybe a two-year ban. Like, oh. Oh, geez. Like – I think the reason the reason the NFL isn't doing this is because it makes them money. And I, I – there's players that, I mean, I'm sure that you and I know, whether they be on the Lions or wherever, that have problems, and they're in stage one, stage two, whatever it may be. And the reason that's not reported is because it will deplete the, the face of the game and the only reason it gets reported when they're at like 4, 10, and 12 games, 16 games, is because that's big news that needs to be reported. So I think if they were to implement, you know, failure drug test, you're out for four games. You're out for four to six games. You would see players dropping like flies. And I understand. I mean, you were an athlete. You know that you got to deal with certain pains, and there's certain ways you got to deal with it. I mean, I know you weren't a drug user, and I know you didn't take all these yeah. things. But at the same time, at a professional level, dealing with this pain and dealing with this, whether it be depression, CTE, brain problems, all the, this list of just ongoing issues, you're going to deal with it in certain ways that are below NFL standards. And like I said, I don't like to assume, but I don't think most of this is for pain reasons. I think it's a recreational drug mm-hmm. for them, and that's an easy, an easy excuse. It's a culture thing. Yeah. Like Stephen A. Smith said, look how many white players in the NFL are getting suspended for marijuana use. I went, I, I tried to look, and I went back to, like, 2012, 
2011. It was all PEDs. They were trying to get bulk a, up. Yeah. Yes. And I went, I think it was, I did the, an infographic for a class on drug use in the NFL. In 2015, I think it was 23 or 24. No, it was, I think it was 30. 30 players were suspended for marijuana use. Look at the, I'm um, kicking off last season. It was Le'Veon Bell, LeGarrette Blunt, yeah. and uh, was it Martavis Bryant last year too? Yep. Right in the beginning of the season. Boom. Three right there. And Josh Gordon. Yeah, it's 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 definitely plaguing the NFL. It's a cultural thing. You need to And then it weighs on either option. I mean, looking at it from from the different angle of does it really matter because it's pot? Does it? I mean, is it performance enhancing? I know it's substance abuse, there's no question about that. Yeah. But does is it changing your game at all? I it, it's almost like they're so lenient about it that it doesn't really matter. But it's illegal. But it's illegal. And that's the bottom. Like we we could like we said, we could go in a whole nother situation whether it affects them or not. But Bottom line is that it's not allowed. Yeah. It is up to 30 nanograms or micrograms, whatever it is, but it's not it's not legal. So Yeah, it's an ongoing conversation. Um, I know we talked about it a lot last week, so we probably repeated ourselves quite a bit. But at the same time, this is this is a prominent topic right now in the NFL. We repeat ourselves, it, but it keeps happening. It keeps yeah, it's 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 an ongoing subject. It doesn't and it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. So we'll see what happens with Josh Gordon. I don't think he's gonna take another snap, but like I said, change. I have there's marijuana all over campuses. If you want it, you there's can There's marijuana find it. all over everywhere. But it's not I, just college campuses. N- knowing I need to get a job, I stay as far away from that as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. I'm 24 years old. He's tw- you guys are 24, 25, 26. You need to make a mature decision. Yeah. And that's what they can't seem to grasp. It, it, this whole top, this whole show is blowing my mind. I don't just don't there's things happening that doesn't they just don't make sense logically. So that money, money corrupts. But moving on, we got a few other things to talk about. Gwen hasn't taken off that friggin' Dylan Larkin jersey in three weeks. She's still wearing it, and I think she's prepping for some tonight. Gwen, why don't you come out here? You wanna see if she wants to talk a little yeah. bit about the Detroit Red Wings? I'll, I'll let her have my seat. So we brought uh, so we brought uh, Gwen out here. Hi. That's what she sounds like. Yeah. Not yeah. very good. <laughs> So what do you think the chances are the Red Wings actually the, the Red Wings played the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight at seven o'clock, first game of the series. They played Tampa Bay last year and they actually fell to Tampa Bay, who went to the uh, Stanley Cup and lost to my boys, the <laughs> Chicago Blackhawks. Stevie Y. So what's going on with the Red Wings tonight? Tell us a little bit. The optimistic Red Wings fan of me thinks they will win in Hold seven up. games. Not too technical either. Not too technical. Speak from like a fan. We don't want statistics. We don't want or... coursey statistics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, well, okay, literally, the deep-down Red Wings fan of me does think that they will win in seven games. The realistic hockey fan of me doesn't think they will. I think they'll come close. I think they'll do what they did last year. I think seven games, I think the series is going to go seven games. You know, Tampa doesn't have Stamkos. They might not have Tyler Johnson, and Hedman might not play. So those are, like, three big players for them. Uh, Jonathan Duran, you never know what that kid's going to do. I know you don't (laughs) know, but I do. (laughs) But, um... Yeah, I think I think it's gonna be close. I think it's gonna be close seven games. I think they're gonna go back and forth all the time. I think it's gonna be high scoring, which will be interesting. But uh, yeah, I looked at lines today, starting Howard tonight. So, if the Wings are going to win this series, what do they need to do? Not play Jonathan Erickson fifteen minutes a game. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think he gets that much time. But like, what do you think is gonna be like the game honestly the determining game? factor between these two teams? What honestly, is it'll be goalies. goalies. It will be. It'll be goaltending. It'll Who be do better. you have your faith in? Like player wise, or Howard, Howard Mrazek. Howard Mrazek. Uh, Those are your only two choices. I honestly would go with Mrazek. I hate to say that. Smart I hate girl. putting in and putting in a younger guy at that. But he played great last last season for him in the playoffs. I have faith in Howard, but my more faith would be in 
in Mrazic. I'd rather have Mrazic, honestly. I don't know what Flash Hill's thinking with Howard, but, you know, you go in with the hot goalie, and Howard's the hot goalie, so. All right, moving on to the other game. All right. Blackhawks. We're talking about the Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> I'm a big Blackhawks fan. Terrible person. Yeah, hold on. Let me get in the mic. I'm, so, I'm getting real close to Jarrett. <laughs> I'm a big Blackhawks fan. I got my Blackhawks gear on right now, so I think they're going to – they're walking in against St. Louis Blues, which Gwen thinks is going to be one of the best series of the yes. the first round. I think the Red Wings are going to be the, one of the best series because I think that's going to go to like six or seven. I think the Hawks got it in five <sighs> over St. Louis. That's that's very braggadocious of me. <laughs> but uh, Blackhawks are taking on St. Louis tonight at 9.30. Um, we got a little bit of history going on tonight as well, if you want to touch base with that, with Kobe and the Golden State Warriors. All right, one of the things that I'm concerned about that I want to ask you real quick, and then we can wrap up shop. Tonight's Kobe's last game. Had a monumental career in the NBA. Another thing that's going on on ESPN1, which is overshadowing Kobe Bryant, is the Golden State Warriors-Memphis Grizzlies game. Golden State has a chance to get 73 wins on the season, beat Jordan's Bulls 72-9 and whatever record, 72-9 and nine or whatever it was. Um, do you think this needs to be the end of the, the one-year retirement shows, these Derek Jeter-like seasons of sayonara folks? I mean, they're selling floor tickets for like five grand. Yes and no. Yes, if you're this this irrelevant player. No, because Derek Jeter and Mariano Rivera and Kobe Bryant, they were generation figures. Like, they were figures in their sport. Kobe was the – after MJ, it was Kobe. And he was he, – he changed the game of basketball. And Jeter changed the game of baseball at that position. These There's certain guys in, in sports that will – I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like they're, they're, they're different. They're monuments. I wouldn't even say monument. They're just these these figures that are more prominent than others. Like LeBron will probably have a farewell tour. There's certain guys that that deserve like A Rod doesn't deserve See, one. Now, do you think like David Ortiz, who's doing this like year long for the Red Sox? Not really, because what did he what did he do? Exa- that's what I'm saying. Like there's these pl- this is becoming a commonplace now for these these players that had illustrious careers, but they didn't change much. They just did good. And that's where you need to you need to draw the line. They need to. These organizations almost need to tell these players, like, listen, if you're going to retire, we understand, but we can't do this year-long celebration. Perfect example, after he played OKC, Durant and Westbrook both were like, that was amazing. We grew up watching him play. Like, mm-hmm. we wanted to be Kobe. And that's the difference. I don't think these baseball players growing up wanted to be David Ortiz. Mm-hmm. But you see kids, like, when you see him play in the yard, you'll see kids do the jump. The Kobe. The jump. No, I'm saying for baseball, you see him do the jump, the jump throw like Jeter. Oh that's, yeah, yeah. That's trademark. That's he's different. He set himself apart. Kobe, like you said, Kobe. He's just it's, it's Kobe. Yeah. He, there's reasons you call him Kobe. You say Kobe. You don't say David. Hey, what do you think of David? Who's David? David Ortiz. You say Kobe. You know who you were talking about. Yeah. You say Jeter. You know who we're talking about. It's there's different and it's there's different figures and it's sad that Golden State setting up could possibly set a record tonight because that does take precedent over absolutely Kobe and it's just. It's, it's a bad coincidence that on the same night. But, yeah, I think these tours need to stop except for su- like certain players. Yeah. Simple as that. Kobe deserved it. Ortiz, I don't really think. And you think LeBron deserves one right now? What he did for the game? Not right now. I'm saying when he, if, when he retires. What if he plateaus or drops? What he did for the game. Yeah. He came straight from high school just like Kobe. That was the last, yeah, last, last two, big really. transition. Yeah, the high schoolers. Yeah. Kevin Garnett, KG, another one. So we'll see. All right, that's wrapping it up. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach out to us at westernheraldsports at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can find me at BBUFFA underscore WMU. Yeah, follow me, Jarrett underscore Orlando, and you can follow Gwen 
uh, GWEN underscore DeYoung. Give us all fouls. Follow Western Herald Sports, too. God, we're just giving you just um, just unloading Twitter handles on you. At WMU underscore sports for WMU News. We have a big story going on right now. Lawson Ice Arena is getting a big uh, renovation. One of our writers, Trey Soboleski, ended up reporting on that. We'll be doing a three-week enterprise story on that. So check it out. Share it on Facebook. Share this podcast. So on and so forth. Thank you so much for listening. Go Lions! Deuces.